0: This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully.
1: Well, good morning, folks. I like the fact that it's a little mild out there this morning, but boy, is that rain coming down. Good. Well, maybe we can wash some of this white stuff away. Like, I mean... My lawn looks like we're three years away from golf season. Never mind a couple of weeks or a couple of months, you know. So, Bob, you getting the rain in your part of the city?
2: Pounding down here, and uh, it's uh, not good for the skating rink that's out back. (laughs) That's a little different. So, uh, those there's not so many skaters right now on that rink. Uh, But you know what today is? What is today? It is curling day in Canada.
1: Oh, there you go. Okay. So
2: I just wanted to let you know that because I know there's a lot of golfers who love curling. Today yes. is it's not a very doesn't look like a very good curling day outside, um, but you can stay inside and watch the Scotties them on hearts, and then Lindsay Hamilton and I will have a one hour special at five thirty on TSN. And um, I think I think uh, and I'll get into this a little later. I think we should have a golf day in Canada.
1: That that'd be a great day. Just pick the lo- like maybe the longest day of the year, or around that the longest day of the year, and just sure, yeah. Why not? Like this
2: is this this curling show has all sorts of features about how people are curling in the pandemic. A guy who built a curling rink in his barn. I think it would be cool to do a golf transition, especially since as we're going to get into the show, we probably won't have a RBC Canadian Open this year. Yeah, well, we'll get into
1: that. Way. We'll see. You know, we'll get into that. That's very disappointing. What uh, where it's heading or certainly leaning. Um, I have not uh, participated in any of the curling consumption this week, Bob. Uh, <laughs> I am just uh, you know, calling shots uh, off monitors for the World Golf Championship. I am liking, though, the uh, Concession Golf Club. Very cool-looking uh, golf course on the west coast of Florida on that golf side. Um, uh, love how you can miss a green by a yard and have a 90-foot chip coming back at Concession. It just... Uh, <laughs> Very interesting. We've got a crazy show. We're going to jump into it because we got lots to get to. As Bob suggested, the future of the Canadian Open really kind of in doubt right now. We'll do Stardom sit em. Uh We'll do Winners Weird and What. Of course, Scully will be along momentarily, as always, as well. Um, we're going to talk a lot of Tiger for obvious reasons, and who knows? Is this it? We don't know. Uh, it could be. Uh, we've counted them out before, and we were wrong, so I don't think anybody's willing to to, to go there just yet, but... Uh, we will look at some of our favorite Tiger moments, what sticks out in our head, if this is it. Um, And we'll get to all of it. We'll also, of course, get you caught up on all the leaderboards. There's a ton of golf going on in the world. It is crazy. Last week we had nothing. This week we got tons. And Monday, Monday we kick off uh, a new era here at GTC. Monday mornings from 10 till noon will be our new time slot with a 7 to 9 p.m. repeat after overdrive, and we'll get you caught up on that as well. But let's get into it right now with some news and some headlines.
0: News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Everybody knows one.
1: All right, news and headlines, Bob. Well, obviously, Tiger Woods uh, stealing not just the news and headlines in the world of golf this week, but really in the world period. I mean, Every single news outlet on the planet uh, lit up. Um, what, we, what do we know? Okay, so what do we know? Um, it was a long surgery, uh, b- broke his leg in, in multiple places, bone through the skin. We've got uh, plates and screws in the ankle and the leg. We had to cut through tissue and mus- muscle to alleviate swelling in the leg. Uh, he was then transferred to a new hospital for additional procedures. Any doctor you speak to, any uh, surgeon you speak to, seems to suggest that this is a long uphill road towards recovery. Um, you hear time uh, lines like a year to two years being thrown around. What did you feel? What did you, what did you think when you first saw, uh, saw the news? And, and where's your head at this long term right now?
2: uh you know i'll first off say that uh, there was some news overnight last night where he had some more procedures done uh yesterday, and that's not surprising. Um, the doctors that I talked to I talked to several doctors um about this, and they said there's going to be more surgeries there's going to be a lot more surgeries going on, and that their theory was these latest procedures are we're either to keep cleaning the wound because that's the biggest danger once a bone breaks through the skin. Uh, the chance of infection is really high, so they gotta keep that thing clean and you don't want it infected because that could get into all sorts of terrible things. But so that's why they're having probably some of these uh, sub surgeries. But the biggest thing for me when I first saw it was, wow, like how did somebody survive that, that accident or that crash, you know? Um uh, you think you thank goodness that he's alive, uh and uh that his kids don't have to lose their dad, as Rory McElroy said. And I think um I think it was sort of uh, a weird, uh, weird sense of, of what's going to happen to this guy. And, and uh, I don't mean from a golf sense. I just mean like, where is he? What's going on? How is his leg? How bad is it? So many questions that you know you really don't have a right to ask at this point and this time, uh, but they will come out at some point, I guess. And uh, for now, it's just sort of happy that, that he's, he's still, still with us.
1: I, uh, I agree. Happy he's still with us. Um, I don't think we're going to know a lot for about a year. I really don't. I, I think uh, at the end of this year, beginning of next year, maybe we get some answers to some questions, but I, I, I think the process of recovery is going to be uh, very long, so I don't think we're going to know much, and Tiger keeps things close to his vest, generally speaking, anyway. I'm starting to feel like he might not play golf again. I don't know where you are on that, but from what I understand and what I've read from this, uh, you know, to come back, he, he'll be 46, possibly 47 Uh, when he's kind of through the other side of this. Uh, Golf is, in my opinion, very unlikely or highly doubtful at the moment. Um, Where are you, Bob, on... There has been some writers, and you know what American writers are like. They can... With the exception of British tabloids, I guess they would be next in line for looking, you know, dripping venom from the fangs. Where are you on the... Media's letting Tiger off the hook, that he ran out of the hotel, disheveled in a rush. There was eyewitnesses that he peeled out of the parking lot, agitated, running late, and was likely speeding. We don't have any factual information, but from the reports and from what we've read, there is a suggestion, uh, lack of skid marks, etc. Uh, that he may have been speeding and that we're not putting responsibility on him for this. My opinion that is I don't really care about that right now because no one else got hurt. uh, And thank God he's alive. Maybe if somebody else got hurt, maybe if there's somebody else in a vehicle, I might be in the vehicle, I might be going in that direction a little bit more or who knows, feel like that a little bit more. But the fact that nobody else was hurt and he walks away, and, and again, to your point, his... His children still have their father. I don't know. I, I I have a I have a hard time going that direction.
2: Uh, I think you hit the nail on your head, and the head in that that bit there when you just said that you know we don't really know all the facts, and that's I think that you know obviously we can speculate all we want, good, bad, indifferent, ugly, whatever it is, but until we know what happened, I think it's wrong to sort of make suggestions. And I've listen, I'm sure like you, I've been on enough radio shows this week where people have gone from one end to the other in, in what they're suggesting may have happened but uh at this point you know let's just let's just leave that part of alone the police are going to issue a um a summary probably within a week or so and then we'll know a little bit more we'll know what happened and uh then tiger can can respond to that if he feels uh need to
1: well, we will pick this up in a few segments when uh, Adam comes in and we will talk about some of our favorite Tiger moments uh as you know, if this is it, what is the impression in our mind? What are those moments in our mind that uh will be the the, the lasting moments for Tiger and we will pick it up with Adam. Uh okay, let's go more positive news now. Uh, Riviera last week. Wow. Max Homa. Well, hats off to Scully. He started uh he started Homa. Uh, the only of the three of us to start home of, but hometown kid gets it done. Uh, I'm watching Riviera. I'm working Riviera last week for PGA Tour Radio, and I'm, I'm thinking a few things. Not just a great hometown win for Max Homa, who is now one on two very different and very hard golf courses. But I'm also feeling for Tony Finau, but I'm also thinking, Bob, this is a different type of loss for Tony Finau. This is a Tony Finau that made a bunch of clutch putts down the stretch. This is not a guy missing five-footers that counted or six-footers that counted. So for me, this is a different kind of loss, almost like a cup-half-full loss for Tony Finau. And the final thing I'm thinking of, and I'll scream this till I'm blue in the face, until somebody listens, and maybe Michael Wan will listen now that he's at the USGA, enough with the distance debate, If we want to hold the fort and put some limitations in place, like we did with spring like a face and uh, spring like uh, face and COR and the golf club and stuff like that, that's fine. But to peel things back, look at Riviera. There's no reason. I mean, if you pick good golf courses and set them up properly. There is no distance problem in the game of golf. There becomes a distance problem when you give them easy golf courses where you can hit it anywhere and turn it into a putting contest. That's not on manufacturers. That's on bad setups.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it was it was kind of a neat playoff to watch. I mean, they both had their chances to get that. And I think you know we look at Tony Finau and say, oh boy, he you know lost another one. Man, 64 on Sunday at Riviera is a really good score. So he'll get it, and and I think the best thing about that that stands out for me for Tony Fino was his reaction afterwards. The guy is so nice and so friendly and happy all the time, and I'm sure he was burning up inside. But boy, he in the press conference after, you know, he'd just say, "Well, I'll give it next time. I came really close," and just a just a great guy to uh, to, to follow and and to you got to cheer for the guy. And for Max Holm, it's fairly similar as well. So it's kind of cool uh, to see them. I don't know, I can't really see that Tony Finau won, but he won off the course, I think, and, uh, and Max Homo wins on it, so uh, a nice finish.
1: Uh, very nice finish, and we're hoping for a big rock and roll finish this week on the Champions Tour at the Collegard Classic. Bob, look who is sitting on top of this leaderboard at 7 under par.
2: There he is, Mike Weir, and uh, very nice for him. I mean, he's been working hard for the last couple of years to get his game in shape for this, and my favorite, my favorite part was... I read the transcript from his uh, post-round interview, and uh, the first question he was asked was, what was the key to your round today? Here's Mike's answer. I think the key to my round was just, I played really well. (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) That's just what you want as a reporter. (laughs) There's the secret. I've been wondering about it for many years of how I should get myself, you know, maybe win a club championship, and now I really know what it's all about. I just have to play really well. And, you see, uh, that's gone it...
1: right over my head as well, Bob. I didn't realize <laughs> yeah. it was that simple. It's a stacked field as well, we should mention, at yeah. at uh at the Kohler Guard Classic, including Phil Mickelson, who's trying to become the first player in Champions Tour history to win three in a row. Before we go to break, Bob, did you see the quote last week by Phil? It was someone asked him something along the lines of, you know, at your age – how do you manage to get yourself around the golf course the way you do at your age? And I think the question was more leaning towards him playing still at the on the big tour. And Phil's response was, well, it's actually quite easy. They number the holes from 1 to 18.
2: <laughs> Very good. That's Phil. That is That's just Phil. brilliant. I,
1: I love it. All right, on the other side, Bob and I, we're going to leap into the World Golf Championships Workday Championship from the Concession Golf Club in Bradenton, Florida. Brooks Kepka, already a winner this year on tour, won a few weeks back at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. He sits on top of this leaderboard. We'll dive into what is a very deep leaderboard with lots of storylines on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade. Experience the drives every golfer wants to hit and no golfer wants to follow with the all-new Sim 2 driver, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more.
1: Welcome back to GTC. Lots to get to still on today's show, but let's jump into the World Golf Championship Workday Championship from the Concession Club. Bob, a few little wins. I I love the golf course this week. Uh, Workday to the rescue again, because this is really the Mexico Championship that was moved from Mexico City, Chapultepec Golf Club, which it will go back to post-pandemic from everything we currently understand. Uh, but instead of letting the championship just go, they moved it to, uh, Bradenton. And, uh, and then in the 11th hour, not only did they move it to Bradenton, but they were able to add Workday again. And this isn't the first day Workday has done this. Second time they've come in very late. And, uh, at the end of the day, we've got ourselves a great WGC in Florida. And don't forget, this event used to be at Doral anyway as the Cadillac uh, Championship WGC. So it's not the first time this event has been in Florida.
2: I wonder if Workday uh, Workday has any uh, plans like the second week of June, where there might be an, <laughs> an opening for a tournament. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. Uh, you know, I I uh, love the golf course. I thought it was going to play even harder than it is. Um, when I saw some of the stuff written about it, and how the par fives are super hard, and some of those greens are they're pretty undulating out there, so the guys have done pretty good to shoot, shoot some low low scores out there and I think just having said that, the interesting part is how many high scores there are as well um, you know if I think you really have to be dialed in or it 's going to eat you up a little bit and and you probably know Mark from calling it uh, how some of these guys have just been you know befuddled by by what they found out there, so it just shows you that that this kind of a golf course, I think, unless you're really on your game, uh, you're you're not going to score well. And there are some guys who are really on their game, obviously.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting, Bob. You hit the nail on the head in the sense that you're either you're either on the good side of par or the bad side. You're either a guy that has figured out this golf course and is in control of their golf swing, and you're going to go out and make birdies. Or you're going to go out and make uh, car crashes. There's not a lot of limping around a couple under par for four days, you, you know, uh, especially as they learn this course as they go. Now, Brooks Kepka, certainly a guy that has learned this golf course right now. Right now, he's kind of making it look easy, and he's starting to walk with that confidence again. Um, He's made two bogeys all week, 11 under par, two bogeys all week. He's first in strokes gained total, and he doesn't really look like he's done anything special yet with rounds of 67 and 66. Sits on top of this leaderboard. Right now, one-shot lead over Cameron Smith. Before we get into Brooks Kepka, let's hear now from our leader, Brooks Kepka. One-shot lead through 36 holes.
3: That's all good. My confidence is good. I like the way I'm playing. I like the way I'm putting it, um, chipping it, everything. So, um, like I said, it's nice to be back on on Bermuda, um, where I'm a little bit more comfortable, and you know, hopefully this weekend goes this fine.
1: You can tell how comfortable he is too, Bob. He's, he's the kind of guy that when he gets it going, he hits seven foot putts that has three feet of speed left in them. You know, you know that kind of attitude. And is there a player more dangerous when they feel the way he's feeling?
2: I don't think there's a player who, who becomes more confident when he's playing as well as he is. Like, he just feels that he's not going to miss a shot. And, uh, I mean, there's always a good sign, you know, when he's not breaking his clubs that he's playing pretty well. So I think, I think, uh, I I agree. I think, but I, I think he is perhaps the most confident golfer in the game when his game is on.
1: Now, Bob, refresh my memory, because there is a three-way tie uh, for second place at 10 under par. Cameron Smith, Billy Hoho and Colin Um, did you not go with Cameron Smith this week on TSN Edge, or was that Scully who went with?
2: I think it was Scully. Scully. Oh, was. oh no. okay. So yeah. we're going to
1: get into that a little later then too, because yeah. this could go back to back for Skulls because he went home last week, and now maybe this week we're going to get uh, we're going to get you know, him in the field as well. Okay.
2: You know what it is? It is actually. I just figured it out. That, well, actually, Scully just figured it out and told me. We both picked him. we so we oh, both, both got him.
1: Okay. So, All so right. basically basically,
2: what Scully is saying, Mark, is that you're the only dumb one here. You're I, pretty much, one yeah. didn't pick him. <laughs>
1: pretty much. And, you know, I almost went with Morikawa this week. Came very close to going with Morikawa, and I didn't because of last week's form. But I do think this is a second-shot golf course, and I like, you know, I, I'm, I think you've got to be a great iron player to play well here, and I, and I bailed on him last minute. Uh, before we get to that, Cameron Smith, your guy's boy, played great last week, rocking uh, rocking that, that mullet. He looks like a poison roadie with with a really bad mustache, but he's playing great. Let's hear from Cameron Smith.
2: I mean, I'm not really sure. I'm playing good golf at the moment. I feel comfortable around here. Um, you know, knowing the shots, I think uh, that this course demands is definitely a uh, – was good in preparation at the start of the week. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the weekend.
1: And not surprising what an Aussie playing well around here because there's a little Royal Melbourne out there at this golf course (laughs) in the sense that there isn't a lot of rough. There's a lot of runoffs. You miss your target by a yard. You could have 30 or 40 coming back. Uh, Bob, what do you like about Cameron Smith's game? I kind of like it. I, I, For me, it's got a nice all-around game, but it's it's more the attitude I like. I like the way he walks, the way he carries himself. Already a winner on the PGA Tour. He doesn't seem like he's not going to be scared that this is a WGC event.
2: No. I, to me, it looks like he's just showing up Saturday morning at his golf course at home and uh, and playing 18. Like he, and he always seems to be that way. He never gets too high. Even the Masters last year, I don't know what's going on inside. Um, but that seems to be what I find from him. And I, I like the comment he made in there about preparation, because I think the guys who are probably playing well here really prepped, whether they did it themselves in conjunction with their caddies or had caddies prep. Um, you know, Brooks Kepka made a, sent, uh, a, a comment about that as well earlier in the week where he was asked, you know, what do you do when you come to a new golf course? Is it tough? He says, well, not really. He says, you know, the caddy gives you the yardage, you have a club and you go. So I think almost not Getting yourself too deep into the preparation can also uh, help, and I, and I think that's the kind of guy that Cameron Smith is with his demeanor.
1: Keep it simple, and sometimes that works, especially when you don't have uh, the knowledge walking into a golf course. All right, Billy Horschel, also part of this lead. Let's hear from Billy Horschel.
2: I think yesterday was uh, I felt easier. I hit it a little bit better. Today was a little bit of struggle with the swing. But I did a really good job of managing um, my misses. And that's where I say, you know, think of man's course You got to know uh, if you're going to miss it, if you're going to play for a miss, not that we play from misses. You've got to be on the right side of the hole. And I did a fairly good job of that today. And so I just need to go work on just tightening up the swing a little bit, get that feel I've had for the last few days, and uh, excited for this weekend. It's, it's nice to be back in Florida, and it's nice to, to have a chance going into the weekend.
1: Kepka, Kepka on top at 11. Smith, Horschel, Morikawa one off the pace in second. Tony Finau right there again with another chance to win at 9 under par along Webb Simpson. And Matthew Fitzpatrick, who had a good week last week at Riviera, Patrick Reed at 8 under par along with Kevin Kisner. Don't forget, Patrick Reed has won this event twice. He's the defending champion last year at Chapultepec, Mexico. And back in 2014, he won this event at Doral. So he's won this tournament twice on two different golf courses. Amazing stat on Tiger Woods. He's won this golf tournament seven times on six different venues. Think about that. Seven times won this championship on six Different golf courses bob sometimes part of the story is who's not playing well justin thomas with a bit of a recovery this week at five under par rory mcelroy has not looked great but has found his way to five under par as well bryson DeChambeau, 77 on thursday 13 shots better yesterday what's the most you've ever improved in in one day from one day to the next i think 13 shots at least off the top of my head in recent memory, is the biggest improvement I've seen on the PGA Tour from one day to the next.
2: I know that uh, I have probably uh, – it's easier when you shoot, like, 99. <laughs> it's easier to make up 13 shots the next day like I do. But, no, uh, you know, that's every once in a while those things come up. The, the worst one is when you go the other way, when you go, you know, 64, 77. So uh listen I th- I think Bryson DeChambeau is going to be that kind of guy once in a while in his career just because of where he hits it cuz he doesn't have to be off by much to c- and and you get on the wrong kind of a golf course where he could shoot a big number and we've seen him shoot some maybe not 77s but we've seen him shoot numbers that we just never thought we'd see coming like last year at the Masters right so I I but I think the I think you'll probably see more of the 64s and the 77s but he's got those in the bag whereas a lot of other guys I just don't think do just because of the way they play
1: and he's going to, by the sounds of it, abandon the concept of 48-inch driver. Uh, the ball speeds are so high, and you're just a degree off with a 48-inch club at 204 miles an hour, and that miss can go from being right rough to being off the planet. The misses are so extreme, so it looks like he's going to abandon that. So, again, to my point, off the top of the day show, uh, there is no distance problem. Every, every risk comes with a reward, and every reward has a risk, and... There's a 48-inch driver conversation there. Before we go to break, Bob and I both love John Rahm this week and he is struggling. He's at even par, well off the pace. And I gotta keep an eye on John Rahm moving forward. Man, when you've been playing with twist face technology for the last several years on tour in a five-piece golf ball that's the straightest golf ball ever invented, and you go to a golf ball that spins more and you drop twist face. Uh, I think you're gonna have some trouble off the tee. We saw it again yesterday. It might take a while for John Rom to settle into this new bag. Okay, on the other side, Scully gonna join Bob and I. Tiger Woods. You know, I don't want to make it a funeral, but if this is it, and we've seen his last competitive round of golf, what you know what are those memories? What are those moments for you that are those iconic images that will stay in your mind? And with Tiger, man, is it hard to pick because you have a library. Deeper than any other possible athlete, maybe in the last 50 years to choose from. What are our picks next? This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories.
1: Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Zakino Weeks, and now
3: welcoming in Adam Scully. Skulls, what's happening this morning? How you doing, brother? Gentlemen, great to be back. Uh, our final Saturday show, as Mark, you said that's off the top of the show, the end of an era. It's been a fun I era, will miss sure. Saturday to- mornings
1: because it feels so natural uh, because when you've been doing it for so long, I remember, you know, our first year, 11 years ago, it was 7 to 9 a.m., and then, in season two, we got pushed to eight to ten, and we've been sitting there ever since. but I gotta tell you, with the amount of p g a tour radio i'm I'm working um I think i'm I think, I think this is a great thing moving off Saturday mornings last Saturday when you guys texted me when I was on the air at Riviera, we were going deep in that playoff, and I was looking at the clock and going, "You've been on the air for fourteen hours now." <laughs> God. And Bob said Bob said to me, text me, he said, I bet you wish you got paid by the word at this point, right? <laughs> so uh, okay. We got lots to get to still. Winners weird and what started with them in the in the second half. Also Bob uh will talk a little bit about where this Canadian Open looks like it might be heading, so we'll jump into that. But Let's get into this, Tiger. We started uh, you program it a few weeks ago uh, from our listening audience. You know, what do you want us to chat about? Is there a topic we're not covering? And obviously, this week, a pretty natural one came to the forefront with the Tiger Woods news um, about if, you know, if this is it, if the career is over, what, what would be those memories for you? But before we get to those memories, I'd like to ask you guys right off the top. Adam, we'll start with you. Do you think he'll play professional golf again?
3: You know, I I, I think you will. I I'm not going to count him out. I I um this is gonna this is going to be a long road. I saw an interesting comparison to what Alex Smith went through, uh, the quarterback in the NFL in terms mm-hmm. of surgeries and how it was a borderline miracle that he came back. I I'm never going to count Tiger Woods out. I'd say the chances aren't great. First and foremost, thankfully he's alive. That's that's number one for me, uh, but maybe by the time he's 47, maybe even 48, this is going to be a long process for sure. I'm not going to count him out just yet. Bob, where are you at on this?
2: Yeah, I haven't, I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about this, but, um, having talked to the doc, to a number of orthopedic surgeons over the last couple of days, I would say, uh, the chances are slim on the other side. I've also, uh, underestimated tiger's abilities way more often than I'd like to in my career. Um, I, I think there's a chance he can come back. I don't think he'll if he does, he'll be the tiger that we've known and seen because even if he's healthy, he's still a lot older. Um I, I look back at what Ben Hogan went through. You know, Ben Hogan was hit head on by a Greyhound bus, spent uh three months in a hospital, and, and came back and won major championships. So uh I'll never say never when it comes to Tiger Woods.
1: Yeah, I I kinda agree with both of you in in a sense, but I'm just going, okay, so Hogan was 35, 36 when it happened. Tiger's going to be at 10 years past that. We've also got five back surgeries, three knee surgeries, so we didn't even know what was coming out of the other side of this back surgery, never mind before you know this went down. What I'm hoping for is, I'm with Bob. If he does come back, he isn't going to be anything near what we saw regardless. But I believe that he and the golf world Deserve those ceremonial laps that we got with Tiger, with, that we got with Arnie and Jack. We, you know, we got those ceremonial uh, moments with Jack at the 18th at Pebble Beach and Arnie st- stopping at the at the bridge and waving at the Open Championship. We we had those moments to say goodbye in front of thirty forty thousand people, and we haven't with Tiger. And you know, when 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 Tiger comes back, if he comes back, it would be post COVID. We'll have thirty, forty thousand people again, and I really hope he's capable of, at the very least, giving us those ceremonial goodbye moments that uh, that has really become part of the of the golf heritage since Arnie walked away, really. Uh, and we've seen it with a lot of big names, and Arnie was kind of the first that did that. I guess that lap around the majors, for lack of a better term, and said goodbye. But uh, Bob, if if this is goodbye for Tiger, we've already seen it already. If you had to pick a couple of moments, the ones that you find most impressive, the images, the moments, for you, what are the ones that still, when you look back and go, I can't believe that guy did that?
2: You know, I, I actually, when, you, when we put this topic together and sent it out earlier in the week, I actually had, you know, a 1,001 things that I've seen and covered Tiger. Lucky to see some of those things like, you know, 2,000 at Pebble and stuff. But I actually pulled two sort of personal moments that I thought I'd share with you. and And one came... Uh, a number of years ago, Tiger did a made-for-TV event where he took on Charles Barkley and Hank Haney out at uh, Ron Joyce's course out in uh, out in Nova Scotia. And it was because it was made for TV. It was sort of a stop-and-go kind of situation. They didn't just kind of they didn't just kind of go out and play, and then they, you know, and they filmed it. They sort of had to stop, reposition cameras, do a few things. And I was the on-course reporter. So at one point, we were at a hole that looks uh, looks out over the ocean. And out there was Ron Joyce's yacht. And by yacht, I mean, like, this thing is massive. I think it had a crew of, like, 16 or something on there. And anyway, so I was standing in the fairway, and Tiger was there, and he was just sort of chatting with, shooting the breeze. And all of a sudden, he looks out at that boat, and he says, whose boat is that? And I said, well, that belongs to Ron Joyce. And he says, is that the the donut guy? That's what he called him. He says, is that the donut guy? <laughs> and I said, I said, yeah, that's the donut guy. And he said... He just shook his head, kind of nodding it, as if he was saying yes. And he goes, that's a lot of donuts. (laughs) 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 And that kind of humanized him to me for a little bit. Uh, There was a couple of other incidents that week that were great. But the other one happened when, um, and you you guys might remember this, but Tiger did an an exhibition for American Express on Toronto Island, on Centre Island. They were launching the Tiger Woods credit card, or the Tiger Woods American Express card. It had his image on it. And they picked Toronto for some reason as kind of the launch place for it. So they created a little um, makeshift uh, range and they had stands on three sides. And uh, again, I was kind of hosting, luckily enough, and 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 it was very dramatic. We all went over in a boat and got over there and everything. And then Tiger came over in this helicopter. So we'd had a meeting beforehand and we went through everything that was going to happen with Tiger and a couple of his his people. And um, he said, you know, he joked, he says, oh, I better, guess I better remember to bring my golf clubs anyway. Never thought of anything about that. But we get over there. All of a sudden, the helicopter comes in. It's this dramatic entrance. The helicopter comes and sits down on the range. Out walks Tiger Woods with his golf clubs. He comes walking over to me. and Before he, the, uh, the like I've got my microphone, he puts his hand over the microphone. He says, I forgot my golf shoes. <laughs> So he had to do all this. He had to do this whole clinic in his street shoes. So, anyway, just two little moments. For some, you know, that there were funny moments and they stand out for me. Um, that's the kind of the things that I remember about Tiger Woods was those chances I had to to kind of uh, spend some time with him.
1: I, I know what you mean, though, Bob, in the sense of just kind of making him a little human, because I remember the first time I ever got to see him with my own eyes in person, and and I'm pretty sure it was Augusta. And he was And Augusta is a fairly tame crowd. This is not a, a U.S. Open New York crowd. The patrons at Augusta are well-behaved. And the first time I saw him in person, they were trying to get him from the uh, lawn uh, at Augusta to the putting green, and then obviously the putting green to the first tee as he was getting ready to start his Masters. And it was like they were trying to get Elvis through a crowd or the <laughs> yeah. Beatles through a crowd. It was like nothing I've ever seen in golf before. And he's bigger than 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 almost anything else, and it, and to have those moments where he's humanized and he just seems like a regular guy are, are awesome because he never is a regular guy. It, it's unbelievable. And uh, Adam, for you, uh, following his career, kind of, I'm sure, growing up watching this, going, man, this guy is just maybe the biggest athlete in the world. What sticks out for you?
3: Yeah, for me, so I tried to split it up in a, in two different eras. So sort of pre-spinal fusion and post. So for me, there were so many moments pre, obviously, you know, you, you think back to Tory Pines, you think to the Open Championship six weeks after his father passed away. But the one moment for for me, the 2000 PGA or the at Valhalla, walking in that putt in the playoff, pointing at it, that's something that when I was 12 years old, I turned 29 tomorrow. I try to make that same putt and do that same celebration, whether I'm putting for birdie or for bogey. That's just something that I do. And that I was, I'm inspired by Tiger Woods and he, he's just such an amazing guy, you know, for the, all those years from, you know, 97 to 09 consistently being one of the best players we'll ever see. Go ahead, Barb. I'm curious, Adam, just before you leave this, because you mentioned your age, by the way, happy
1: birthday. To, I know it's a Thank day you. early, but happy birthday. But um, you're kind of in that age group where I'm curious how many I know you played on your high school golf team. Very good golf team. I know golf's been a part of your life with you and your family since you were very young. And I yeah. also know you're obviously you're an exceptional world class goalie as well. That that was your first sport. How many of your friends started to pick up a golf club or asked you about golf or got interested in golf in your age group because of Tiger? Where before Tiger, they maybe, you know, I remember I grew up Bob as the geeky kid in high school playing golf, right? And and, you know, I played a lot of hockey. That was my number one sport uh until I was about 16. And then 15, 16, golf became my number one sport. But um but I was the geek that played golf, and I'm curious, Adam. How many of those, just off the top of your head, were there? Are there a few buddies that all of a sudden went, "I, I want a red golf shirt, and going to want to go try that"?
3: Yeah, certainly, certainly a few buddies for sure, including Ben who's porting himself. Ben's yeah, at they're, himself. They're, yeah, yeah, a couple of different guys who, you know, they watch Tiger. Whether you know, you think back to the, you know, the 2005 Masters. You know, moments like that where the ball's hanging on the lip and it goes in um certainly i mean he he's inspired so many people around the world to try playing the game and i, I think too that he's also inspired a lot of people uh, in post fusion you know because mm-hmm. you know bob's mentioned these humanizing stories and since he's come back he has seemed more human quote unquote and for me one of the big examples of that was a 2008 tour, 2018 tour championship walking down that 18th fairway wow. with rory there's thousands of people behind him and when would you ever see tiger look back smile nearly break down on the spot and then you know go on walk through this maze of people and do what he did that that was an exceptional moment as well and one more um 2019 presence cup yeah to, to see tiger the human he was so that was the happiest I think I've ever seen him watching TV. I know Steve Sands, who had just interviewed him, said, you know, Tiger, I've never seen you this happy before. Plus, he was the best player at that tournament by an absolute landslide, mm-hmm. in my opinion. He mm-hmm. was so much better than anyone else, and he performed well as a captain and as a golfer. I hope he's back. Who knows?
1: Uh, you know, what's so interesting about that moment at the Tour Championship, uh, the joy on Rory's face, walking beside him and Rory being a part of that. And I bet you if you ask Rory you know 10 years from now to pick highlights in his career he'll talk about that moment when he didn't win and he'll talk and he'll add that at the list of things he talks about because you could see he was just looking around like i can't believe that uh, i'm walking and part of this very cool but
2: that that memory i think that memory for rory is uh, thank god i didn't get stampeded <laughs> that's right exactly well,
1: <laughs> all right on the other side boys uh i want to hear about your um week up at the lab. I know both of you were at the Taylor May lab this week, were you not? Bob, you had your dad up there with you too, right? So I want yes. to hear about your experience up at the lab. So we're jumping to that. Uh, I won't add any to this tiger conversation because I think you guys did, you know, obviously did a great job. Uh, I, there's not much I can add. I would just say that if there's one thing statistically, uh, numerically record wise, that will always go in my head is that I, I never thought we'd see one human being that holds all four majors at the same time. Yeah. That was always kind of like the um, the uh, the target that, that no one could ever achieve, and he achieved it. And uh, to me, that's just the greatest record that anybody uh, has ever put together. And I know it's not a longevity record, and I know it's not stuff like that. But to say I got them all, boys, um, that's pretty impressive. Okay, on the other side, we'll get you caught up on all things GTC. And Adam and Bob's visit to the lab, our boys at TaylorMade, with some of that new Sim 2 product. I want to hear how it went down up in uh, Woodbridge. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com this segment of gtc is brought to you by play golf myrtle beach no destination in the world can match myrtle Beach's volume of golf quality and value come discover why myrtle beach is the golf capital of the world
1: All right, welcome back to GTC as we wrap up Hour 1. Don't forget, this is our last Saturday morning, starting Monday, March 1st. That's this Monday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern on TSN 1050, TSN.ca, and the iHeartRadio app live. You can listen to Golf Talk Canada, 10 a.m. to 12 following First up and leading into Leafs launch and then a repeat, 7 p.m. after overdrive, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern every Monday. And Golf Talk Canada television is back Wednesday, March 10th, with a one-hour preview of the Players' Championship. Golf's fifth major, greatest stadium, greatest field. Boys, you guys, we were all up at the lab this week. Um, I went up, uh, got new Fairway Woods, uh, new hybrid, and am awaiting my new driver and uh was really uh blown away with the i guess the 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 remodel of the bays and stuff the lab looks fantastic the product is awesome i really love the fairway woods um i i like the smaller head you know there's about i think it's 30 cc smaller off the top of my head from sim 1 to sim 2 in the fairway metal and uh I put it down, and for me, it looks like it gives me confidence. I, I just see that smaller head, and the face is a little open because I dialed down the loft and open up the face. And it looks like I can hit that 13-degree right, right off the mat and get her up. So I love it. But tell me a little bit about your days. Bob, you had your dad with you. Tell me about that.
2: I did. We took my dad up. He's uh, 88, as uh, you may recall. And uh, so he hasn't had new clubs in probably a dozen years. He's in his bag. Is actually the very first edition rescue club the original hybrid so he still plays with that he hits it it great he's actually said he's gonna keep that in the bag but uh, just to give you an idea now you know he's 88 they're not really worried about ball speed or anything like that but with the new he got the sim 2 max oversized drivers or uh, uh, irons his 7 iron was going twenty yards further than the, the <laughs> iron he's got in his bag right now, the seven <laughs> iron. Twenty okay. yards. So um, you know, it was a big process for someone. When you're older. You know, you hit. You, you forget how many balls you hit in that process, right? right. You get a lot of balls, like more than you'd hit in a normal round. So, but uh, he's very excited to get the uh, get the clubs and and give him a little whirl. He says. Uh, he said he's not sure, but this might be the last set of clubs he buys. He's not sure yet. He'll see. A hundred percent. You never know.
1: Maybe a centennial yeah. celebration, Bob. He might get uh, a new set of the centennial. Yeah. What's in your bag this year, Bob?
2: So I went back and forth uh, between the Sim 2 irons and the uh, the Max irons and the uh, and the P790s. And at the end of the day, I wanted the 790s because I love the look. I love the clean mm-hmm. look. But, uh, but Jared convinced me that I'd probably be a little better off with the other ones because just... I could hit both i could play both but he said my misses will be better with the with those and then i just the only thing uh, the, the only big change i made i got a driver three wood five wood. i wanted to go five wood seven wood but they don't make the seven wood and left-handed
1: i heard that so yeah.
2: uh but but i did fix up my wedges uh instead of 60 and 56 i went 58 and 54 and the reason was to kind of close up some gaps that i had in my bag and that that i found that i guess just because i played so much last year for the first time in a while I found I was really missing some, some clubs in, in that gapping. So I think anyone who's going out for new clubs, whatever you, you're getting, take a look at that gap, that distancing, because it's, uh, it's very important when you're getting your lineup.
1: You see how much better Bob would have felt about his wedge game if he just didn't uh, play as much golf? He wouldn't even have known that there was problems in his <laughs> wedge game. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Adam, where, where, tell us about your experience. and what What kind of ball speed are we talking now? Like, did – what, what do they put you in? Did they go out front on Highway 27, take down a telephone pole and, and, and put a Sim 2 head at the top? Like, what have they done?
3: Yeah, I was telling Jared i did a couple, do a couple push-ups and some active stretching before actually hitting balls, so I wasn't in a wheelchair the next day. No, I, I was super excited. I actually got fit for some new uh, P7 MBs back in October and hadn't actually hit them yet, so they were sitting in my room looking very pretty, so I got to hit those for the first time, which was exceptional. And then I got fit for the new Sim 29 degree driver, so that's the lowest I've gone. The ball speed was up, the spin was lower, it was a better flight. We we touched 330 four or five oh. times, which which was oh. nice. And then, but but the thing I'm also very excited about, Bob, you mentioned gapping my wedges. So uh, with my new irons, that there are some new gaps, which I'm very excited about. But with the wedges, I've gone now from pitching wedge to 51 then 55 degree, then 60 degree. So that's something I'm super excited about. I was a 52, 58, 62 guy. So you know me, it's the goalie in me. I'm a little weird, I'm a little off, but I'm going 51, 55, (laughs) 60. Mark, how about you? 51, 55,
1: 60. Okay, that's not bad on the gapping. That's okay, that's pretty good. I've got two different wedge setups this year, depending on what golf course we're gonna play. I've got a, I can go 50, I can go hold on what is it I go I can go 50 55 60 or I drop the 55 and the 50 and I just put in a 54 so I go wedge 54 60 so I can put the hybrid in the bag mm-hmm. cuz the hybrid's the one if the hybrid goes in a wedge has to come out yeah. and if the hybrid's out I can put the uh, put an extra wedge in but but I need to then regap them So, and I've barely hit my P7MBs as well. So I don't even know, you know me, I love this. For me, my 770s were my favorite irons I've ever owned in my life, my original 770s. So, you know, I'm still concerned about this because I love them. And now I'm going to P7MB and I'm like, I haven't played with them yet. So... But uh, none of these are bad choices. That's the Mm -hmm. good news. It's all great. It's all fit good. We get them tweaked right and can't wait to get out there. This is the longest offseason of all time, let me just tell you. So Mm -hmm. it's absolutely brutal. Can't wait to play golf. Okay, on the other side, state of the RBC Canadian Open, guys. We got a little bit of news this week. It's certainly leaning in one direction. One of us is not very happy because I think – I think, you know, not knowing all the details, but if I had a seat at the table, I'd be pushing for a little bit more outside the box at this point in the game. We will get into it next. Lots we'll to get to an hour or two of Golf Talk Canada. Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet.
0: This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada television weekly on the TSN television network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam
1: Scully. And welcome now to two. Golf Talk Canada. Lots to get to. Winners, weird, and what? Start them, sit em for the WGC. Get you caught up on leaderboards around the world of golf, where Weirzy has a chance to win on the Champions Tour. And we will uh, preview what's coming up on Monday, our first Monday edition of Golf Talk Canada. But uh, I guess some RBC Canadian Open news. This week, or lack of news, kind of at the moment, it's more a reaction uh, based on what we think we know, where the city of Toronto has decided that they will extend the ban on outdoor permits for concerts, uh, marathons, sporting events, yada, 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 large gatherings due to COVID through to July one. I saw that the Canadian National Exhibition is putting a plan together to to move forward at the end of August, thinking that they might be able to move forward due to vaccination escalation by then, which would be wonderful news to get some things back in life that we have missed. But as all of you know, the Canadian Open's date is in June, which means it is directly affected by this announcement. Uh, Bob, uh, word on the street is at the moment that in all likelihood, our RBC Canadian Open has been canceled uh, for the second year in a row. We can't make that official. Uh, We don't know that officially. Uh, It's where a lot of us and a lot of the media are leaning. Uh, We asked Lawrence if he was able to join us this Monday on our Golf Talk Canada uh, Monday edition. and. Uh, he's not in a position yet to to give us any further information than what we have, so he declined and and said he will come on when he has uh, an announcement or or can talk about it in more detail. So lots up in the air right now. Uh, where are you on this? Uh, do you know any more um, and and, uh, and I'll ask you guys this a year ago, I said. Why not have the Canadian Open outside of Canada? People thought I lost my mind. This was March. I tweeted it out. They thought I was insane. Uh, We have a a Mexico championship, guys, being played this week in Bradenton, Florida, FYI. A Mexico championship being played under a different name, but it's the same tournament, the same lineage. It will stay in the record books as a win. In that column of that tournament, like Cadillac at Doral, same tournament, we have a Raptors team playing in Tampa. we have a Blue Jay team about to start in Dunedin that was playing in Buffalo. Why are we not if if we are pulling the plug and I don't know again, I'm not a seat at the table, so I don't know what the financial ramifications. maybe they've looked at this, but I mean, I don't optically speaking. I don't think Canada would have a problem with this championship being played elsewhere for one year. I brought up this title, RBC Championship of Golf. The RBC Championship presented by Golf Canada doesn't have to be called the Canadian Open. RBC Championship presented by Golf Canada. Fill in the blank where you're going to have it, Bob. Bob, what do you know? Where are you at on this?
2: Wow. Okay, a lot to unpack there. So uh, I did a lot of digging and talking to people, uh, both here in Canada and in the U.S. about this. And um, a couple things that people should be aware of is the 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 ruling that the city came down with doesn't have a huge effect on whether or not you could hold the Canadian Open. It's uh, first of all, sporting events were actually exempted in that. If you read the fine print, which a lot of people I know didn't, but um, and the second part is that. The RBC Canadian Open is a private event on private property. As long as you don't have any fans there, you can you can go ahead and do that. Um, but you'd need the city help for things like closing part of Islington Avenue, and logistically you'd need the city's help. But you you could get around that that new uh, that order that they put in place. So that's that's one part. Um, the second part is you know basically the reason it's being canceled is because they just cannot find a way to get. Uh, what they estimate between four and 500 people across the border that would be needed—players, caddies, uh, you know, television technicians, uh, officials—to get them across the border uh, without having them quarantine. Even though, as we know, these guys get tested probably more than any human beings on on Earth, uh, aside from frontline workers, and they are—but um, they just they can't exempt it. And if you're gonna exempt a whole bunch of people in some way you're optically, it's going to look bad. It's going to look really bad. We were talking in the break about, you know, people going down to Florida and living in Florida, and that's fine, but but coming back, you know, those people we don't really care about, we don't hear about, not that we don't care about them, but we don't hear about that. But you're going to hear about a about 150 rich uh, golfers getting an exemption to come across. That's what, number one. So perception and optics are bad. I think, you know, I, I liked the idea of holding a Canadian Open or some kind of a, an event, in the States, maybe with RBC sponsoring it, uh, but i don't think you can have the Canadian open there. I know RBC is not interested in doing that um, in holding an event there, and i don 't know what golf canada 's position is on that, but it's it's going to be a non starter again, more for optics than logistics um, and so I just think that there's a lot of a lot of people who are just saying you know optically it's going to be bad if the Canadian Open and it'll be seen as the Canadian Open you can call it whatever you want you can call it the you know like you said the uh, you know the RBC Open at playing sponsored by can- Golf Canada it's going to be seen that way and they're going to take it on the chop so this is a terrible feeling and a terrible sense of disappointment to to miss this tournament again for the second year in a row um but I actually do think it's, it's the right move, believe it or not, after looking at all the factors. The fact that, the, fact that, our, that the, the golf tournament would take place at a golf course that's about a mile and a half from where the premier lives probably wouldn't go all that well either with Doug Ford, so we'll
1: see. <laughs> uh, so there you go.
2: There's my, my explanation.
1: I understand the, uh, the optics of exempting rich athletes out of quarantine to come play. Completely understand the optics on that. Uh, I also understand the fiscal issues with trying to throw a Canadian open without a gate and without corporate hospitality and without the financial support of the community of Toronto. I get that. Adam, what I don't get is, is the belief that the optics would be bad to have a replacement event Somewhere else where you're allowed to have spectators, where you're allowed to play golf, where you don't have to quarantine, when we have seen this for a year. In other words, I believe basketball fans, if you were to ask basketball fans right now, are you happy the Raptors are in Tampa if the alternative was they weren't playing? Obviously, everyone wants the Raptors in Toronto, but that wasn't an option. So that option was taken off the table and the option became for basketball fans, would you like the Raptors to play this season? This is how they play. And if not, they don't play. They sit, they are gone. Same with the Jays. The only reason the Leafs are playing in Toronto as we all know is it's a Canadian division. It's the only professional sports league, major sports league that that can do that with all the teams in Canada. So my my question to you, Adam is I don't buy into the optics conversation about the Canadian Open calling it something else whatever it is just keeping a spot on the calendar having some type of celebration of golf recognizing this is a global pandemic and this is a one-off so that we don't put a line through the other year i I believe sports fans in canada have already accepted this in my opinion basketball fans are thrilled that the raptors are in tampa versus not playing
3: yeah you know i i agree with that and you guys both make great points and the fact that RBC may not, might not want to take this on as, as a name sort of thing, that makes total sense. And you know you think of if it's the same time on the calendar, if it's somewhere new um, and maybe it's a new sponsor, maybe there's some sort of Golf Canada incorporated in there. I think that's, sort of, that's the way you're going to have to do it. And you, know, you think back to the last RBC Canadian Open we had at Hamilton and how great of a success that was and how leading up to last year before the world shut down with COVID – how, you know, it was going to be a great celebration, how there's going to be a concert series, et cetera, et cetera. It sucks that, you know, who knows if it's going to happen again. This year, It's not going to be to that magnitude, obviously, this year, if it does or does not happen. But it's, it's a tough – I don't know. It's, it's tough. I, I, you wish you could just bring everyone in in a bubble. You know, you charge everyone in, charge everyone out. Obviously, that would cost them. You could crazy. do everything you're
1: saying, just you couldn't get around the optics. Yeah, but, exactly. But, but logistically – you could do You can do this, no problem with knowing what we know now, as long as you threw enough money at it, but that doesn't That's, put people on the ground. That doesn't put thirty thousand spectators there buying tickets and buying corporate hospitality
3: either yeah, exactly and you know, like you mentioned like you, we've, we've seen you know the bubble worked really well in for the Stanley Cup playoffs when and the players obviously they didn't really like it that much, but it worked. The NBA worked the same way. We're seeing f- very few COVID cases in the NHL's North Division because they're not crossing the border. But you know, teams south the division, south uh, in the United States, there are several more COVID cases. So I don't know. It's it, it's a tough it's a tough thing to to think about and, and look look at. Hopefully, that we can come to some sort of conclusion and maybe 2022 will be back to normal and we can have a cool concert series and. And uh, who was it at uh, the Players last year? Was that the Chainsmokers when there were 8,000 people was I thought around?
1: Chainsmokers was two years ago, but I, I could know. be wrong. Last year's chain Players smokers was, was Chainsmokers
2: was last year. It was? Okay. Chainsmokers was last year. Oh, it,
3: it was it was Florida-Georgia line at, at Hamilton. At Hamilton, yeah. Right? That well.
1: 20, oh,
2: at Hamilton. People. Sorry, I thought you were yeah. talking about Players. Yeah. No, so, yeah. And it was supposed so, to be, remember it was supposed to be uh, Keith Urban and the Chainsmokers, I think, right? In, uh, I think so. In Toronto? At uh, yeah. Rich Hugh Collegiate.
1: That's well, right. I, uh, I just put me down in the vote, L.A. if you're listening, Golf Canada if you're listening, put me down in the vote that RBC uh, has a big footprint in the U.S., and they already sponsor an RBC event in America, so this is not like we're doing something that is on you know, uncharted waters. The Royal Bank of Canada has huge presence in America uh, and we're going to be doing the Heritage in what, Bob, like uh, seven, eight weeks from now will be the RBC Heritage yep. uh, at Hilton Head. Uh, you can have as ma- almost as many spectators as you want by June in Florida, considering that uh, Dr. Fauci suggested that they would have herd immunity through vaccination by the end of June in America. So they're all already letting five six seven thousand 7,000 people out at the Players' Championship every day. By the time you get to June, you could have your 30,000 people at an RBC event in Florida. Just saying, guys. Just saying. And Bob and I, we can take Bob's uh, plane down privately and cover it so we can get into our own bubble. But <laughs> And, you know, don't see why that's a problem. Okay. <laughs> on the other side, we will do stardom sit him. We'll see if uh, Scully can stay on his hot streak here, Bob. And we'll pin Scully yeah. to the wall, too, and find out if uh, last week he took his own advice and laid some lollies on his own uh, pick because he's always showing he's at, yeah, Cheddar. He brought in the Cheddar last Saturday, Skulls. All right, we'll do it on the other side. Start him, sit him, WGC. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open.
1: Golf Talk Canada, Zekino Week, Scully. All right, boys, Stardom Cinema. Our last Saturday edition of Stardom Cinema. Moving forward, you can get Stardom Cinema on TSN Edge uh every wednesday as we'll do our fantasy picks wednesday for tsn edge and then starting march 10th you can not only get them on tsn edge but get them on golf talk canada television as well let's start with the big winner bob because it wasn't you and i cashing a check last week you and i started dustin johnson and he went sideways on us surprisingly and this week dj as well still having a hard time he's trying to hit that big cut he leans on that left to right ball flight and when it doesn't cut and you're aimed left there's a problem, and he's got it again this week. Amon left, and it's staying left. It is not moving left to right, and he's in trouble. The man who started Max Homa last week was Adam Scully, and Adam Scully walks out with the big payday. Skulls. I uh, hope you you followed your own advice and put a little lollies on Max uh, Homa last week.
3: You know, <clears throat> excuse me. You know what? I actually did before the tournament began. Whoa. I had a lot of faith in Max Homa. For a couple of weeks, he was playing really well, just wasn't putting that well, hitting the ball absolutely brilliantly. And yes, it paid off. I mean, after he missed that putt, that three-foot, four-inch putt on 18. I was calling
1: that putt, and it was hard to call. Yeah. I felt so bad
3: when that putt missed on 18. And then in the playoff, he was stymied. There was no chance, and he pulled off an unbelievable shot. And then, you know, it was just an unbelievable to do it. Your home course, your second career PGA Tour win, awesome stuff for Max Holman. And, yes, I did put some. All right, so me. who are you starting this week? So uh, it, during our TSN Edge hit that came out this past Wednesday, I was very high on Cameron Smith and i'm going to continue to be very high on cameron smith who was uh who was fourth in strokes gain approach to green thus far this week t8 in scrambling 11th in putting t2 in strokes gained total so far this week he had a good finish last week i'm high on cameron smith as we go forward bob i know you picked cameron smith as well pre-tournament are you still riding on him or are you changing ways
2: no, I'm, I'm changing my mind, you know, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I, always, I always figure if I can make as many different picks as possible, one of them might turn out to be right. So yeah. uh, my start this week is going to be Billy Horschel. And, and I looked at the stats around Billy, and I actually got to tell you, I, when I looked at the leaderboard last night, and I was trying to think of someone who I was going to sit, I actually looked at Billy Horschel, and I said, I, I think I'm going to sit him. And then I looked at his stats, and he's T1 in driving accuracy, He's T1 in greens and regulation and he's ninth in strokes gained putting. So when you're driving it well and you're hitting a lot of greens and you're putting it well, hmm, I don't know. I think that's a pretty good combination. One plus one plus one equals winner. Hard to
1: argue with those numbers, Bob. Uh, statistically speaking, he looks like he's cl- uh, clicking along on all boxes and, uh, my guy this week, who I'm going to start, same thing. I, I could give you a bunch of numbers. I'll start Brooks Kepka, who has the lead. It's the first time in a while I've started the guy actually with the lead on the weekend. But statistically, you know, very similar to what you're saying, Bob. Like, you know, he's eighth in strokes gain approach. He's fifth in strokes gain putting. He's first in strokes gain total. That's not the reason why I'm starting Brooks Kepka. I'm starting Brooks Kepka more because of what just the demeanor is. It looks easy right now. It literally looks easy. He's only got two bogeys the entire week. Uh, he's talking about Augusta already uh, in his pre and post game. Uh, so it's, it's an attitudinal thing with Kepka. And if he's going to start to get back in this lane, that's usually not good news for the rest of the PGA Tour. <laughs> so uh, I will start Brooks Kepka. And this week I will sit Webb Simpson. And I had a hard time picking somebody uh, to sit. Um, He had a horrible putting day uh, yesterday, Webb Simpson. I was actually torn between sitting Matthew Fitzpatrick and Webb Simpson. I I wasn't too sure. They're both tied for fifth right now. They're both nine under and playing decent golf. But there were some statistics that leaped out for Fitzpatrick and Simpson that both bothered me. I went with Simpson just because he's coming off a bit of a a layoff. He had a couple weeks off putted really bad last week, Webb Simpson. And if Webb Simpson is not going to putt well, uh, I think, you know, he's certainly going to – his bread and butter is going to be making a lot of six, seven-footers. It's not happening right now, so I'm going to sit Webb Simpson. Bob, who are you sitting?
2: Uh, I'm going to sit Matthew Fitzpatrick, who's been really playing some really good golf over the last month to six weeks. But uh, when I dialed in some of the numbers again, you know that I'm more of a numbers guy than – than, uh, than I should be probably, but Matthew Fitzpatrick is 30th in second round scoring. That's pretty good if you're the 30th uh, ranked guy in second round scoring. However, it kind of goes downhill from there. 108th in third round scoring and 193rd in fourth round scoring. So just by the uh, by those numbers alone, I decided that uh, it was probably a good pick to sit, sit him just because he hasn't been able to perform on the weekends, even though he has... Overall some pretty decent results. All right, Adam, how about you?
3: Okay, Bob, so you started Billy Horschel and you gave some great numbers, some great stats. There <laughs> we go. I'm gonna sit I'm gonna sit Billy Horschel. I just don't think you can keep those stats up for the final two days. And and one thing that I've also noticed as well, <laughs> this golf course. Mark, you mentioned earlier in the show, there's some real Royal Melbourne vibes to it. Sort of, and maybe Pinehurst, too. Like, the green complexes are just fascinating. Billy Mm -hmm. Horschel's first in scrambling through 36 holes. One thing to add as well, 62nd in third round scoring, but in final rounds, 196th. So, I think Billy Horschel could stick around here after Saturday, and then when Sunday comes around, unless things change, which easily can, I am going to sit Billy Horschel.
1: I do like that Pinehurst reference as well. You know, uh, a lot of these greens almost feel like they're crowned. There's no rough on this golf course, just like Pinehurst, Royal Melbourne, Augusta National. What I guess what I'm trying to describe is these green complexes. Unless you hit it to the proper quadrant, because the greens technically are not small, uh, which is why I, I liked great. I really thought it would be great iron players that that found their way to the top of the leaderboard this week because. Although they're 6,000 square feet, which is an average size on the PGA Tour, they're quadrant off. So they're really like two or three greens within one complex. And if you're not hitting it to that proper shelf, like a Piner's, like an Augusta, the green complex will actually repel the, the golf ball as opposed to feed it. And you can. this golf course is a real chameleon, very similar to Augusta in the sense that whole locations – can can really decide if a day is going to be a moving day like yesterday, where we saw two 64s because of hole locations, and Thursday where there was not there was no 64 on this golf course Thursday because they never put the hole locations in those collection areas that you can find. And Bob, does that not sound like Augusta
2: when you yeah, and I'm I just talk gonna, about? I was just thinking the exact same thing as you're talking about different quadrants, man. You can hit a lot of greens at Augusta and have some pretty awful putts.
1: Very, very much so. Well, it'll be a fun finish for the final 36, and uh, nice to have a WGC. And you want to, you know, you know how we all have like little pet peeves in the game of golf, you know, because maybe we've been talking about it and covering it for so long. I am so happy we're back to twosomes on on a weekend in a golf yeah. championship because West Coast swing threesomes. I find it just five hour final rounds, right? In threesomes. Mm-hmm. Now here we are uh, to Saturday. We're in twosomes. We get to watch four hours. Pacing will be better. I just find it way more entertaining as a spectator sport when we're in twosomes playing in four hours than threesomes playing in five hours. And now that we're at a World Golf Championship event in Florida, back to twosomes, that final twosome. Kepka and Smith go off 155 ET. Okay, boys, on the other side, 3-Dub. Winners weird. to what? This
3: is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC presented by smartgolfdeals.com was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by smartgolfdeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play.
1: Oh, do what I love to get up and play the Muskoka Bay Club at some point early in the spring. I just one of my favorite tracks, always in great shape. Feels like a lifetime away, but when you look at the calendar, it's actually not that far. We're only a couple of months away from being able to peg it up and play some golf. Okay, boys, three dub, winners, weird, and what this week? T is mine.
0: I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want
1: answers? I want the truth. Can't handle the truth. Easy winner for me this week, guys. Annika Sorenstam. Last time she played a competitive event on the LPGA Tour was 13 years ago in 2008. LPGA is in her backyard this week at Lake Nona Golf Club in Orlando, Florida. A tournament, a golf course I know very well because of my good friend Robert Arms, who's a member. Played it many times. Loved the property. Loved the club. She makes the cut. Thirteen years after a competitive event, she makes the cut. Unbelievable! Well done, Annika Sorenstam. Good to see her on the weekend. Okay, my weird this week, boys. I don't know if you saw the finish yesterday of Victor Hovland and talking about <laughs> talking about how this golf course can you know you go one direction really quick either way. Hovland makes a quad on the last, four, an eight on the par four Scully. He played tennis. He actually only hit one bad shot at him, which is his second shot from the fairway bunker got into the, into the real rough stuff beyond the green. But after that, it was just a chain reaction of bad luck. But you got to love Hovland.
3: Never anything but a smile, Skulls. You know what? It, it, was, it, was fun to, it was fun to watch, I mean, as a viewer, but for him, not so much. I, I was doing the highlight pack for Sports Center, and I had a bunch of different storylines planned, and then I watched this, and then I showed every one of those shots. But the one, he got an awful break, his third shot when he knifed it over the green and he was in the back of the lip and he tried Mm -hmm. to knife it back across, went all the way across the other side of the green. And that point he should have went directly sideways or backwards, but an eight, he's only seven shots back though.
1: That's it. I tell you, (laughs) he played great. I was calling him all week, uh, all day for PGA tour radio. And I simply said back here at the 18th green, Victor Hovland continuing to play tennis. Okay. My what this week, what's with the rules officials. Okay. You know, this is like the NFL drives me nuts. When, uh, you know, Patrick Mahone's receivers in the Super Bowl, all they did was drop balls, right? That's all they did. You get paid to do one thing as a wide receiver in the NFL, catch footballs. Well, you get paid to do only one thing in the world of golf as a rules official, and that is understand and apply the rules. Well, Annika Sorensen made the cut this week at the LPGA event at Lake Nona, but she did it with a bad ruling on Thursday. On Thursday, she hit her golf ball against a gate, an out-of-bounds fence. Can't take relief from an out-of-bounds fence, but she was against the door, and she asked the rules official, can I open the gate, can I open the door to make a swing at this to advance it? He says no, and it leads to a triple bogey. After the round, they come back and say, oops. Oops. Sorry, gave you a bad ruling. Under the new rules of golf back in 2019, you were open. You were entitled to open a gate. So here's my problem. If the rules officials don't know the rules of golf, how are we supposed to know? Unbelievable. All right, that is it for me. Bob, the tea is yours. So
2: so what do I do, just aim for the pond?
1: No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But
2: you hit it into the water.
1: I know I hit it into the water.
2: Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there?
1: Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! <laughs> All
2: right, I always love that part. My uh, my winner this week is uh, young professional Will Zalatoris, who is uh, making his mark on the PGA Tour, really become a fine player. I think four top tens in his last, uh, since he's joined up. Anyway, there has been a remarkable uh, flurry of people saying, he looks a lot like Owen Wilson, the actor Owen Wilson. And I never really thought about it, to be perfectly honest with you, until he was standing in front of the camera at a press conference. And uh, these press conferences now are virtual, so it's basically a guy's head filling up the screen like we're all used to in these uh, virtual uh, situations these days. And someone said... Has anyone ever asked you or told you that you look like Owen Wilson? And he didn't respond yes. He took the, uh, the Owen Wilson commentary and it, it, the voice. He just mimicked him. He said, wow. And it was just <laughs> dead on. I can't do it. I can't do it. But he was dead on. That's the only way he answered the question. Mark, can you Bob, do that?
1: Well, no, but, Bob, i got to go look now wow. at my Owen Wilson poster and, and have a closer look so
2: yeah it's it's remarkable exactly when i looked at it, it was it actually is really close uh my uh, my weird this week is matthew wolf now i know scully is going to go into matthew wolf a little bit in his uh in his winner's weird and what i can't remember what category you haven't been weird as well where do you i have do him? yes yes okay well, my weird is that we all know what happened to Matthew Wolf. He's your golfer. You know that he shot hundred on Thursday and then WD'd from the tournament, and it was like the most horrific round you've ever seen in terms of he had a yeah, I think he went bogey, double bogey, par quad bogey or something in one stretch, but anyway, it was horrific. However, he gets the last place check. Even by WDing, because he finished one round, he gets the last place check, which is about thirty six thousand dollars. Now Matthew Wolf has been playing professional golf for what, a year and a half now? With that check, he now passes Jack Nicklaus on the career money list on the PGA Tour. <laughs> Can you say uh, we're playing for a lot of money? Wow, that's Wild. amazing. <laughs> that's amazing.
1: Wrong. That is just wrong. wrong. It is.
2: Send so my uh, my what this week is, uh, what is it about Greg Chalmers that we all love? Don't, don't we all love Greg Chalmers? Do you know Greg Chalmers? He's sort of a... He's not exactly a high-profile PGA Tour player, but he is an Aussie. He is one of the Lefties nicest old guys. Lefty,
1: though, Bob, right? Lefty?
2: lefty? Lefty, just like us. He actually, this wasn't in my, my pick, but the very first time he played at the Masters, his first swing, he hit it left and hit a guy, and his second swing, he hit it right and hit a guy. So <laughs> <laughs> he hit two people before he holed out his first toll at Augusta. But this week, he was at home practicing, and you know how cold it was down in the south in Texas. Well, he had to practice indoors in what he calls his studio but his studio is actually his garage and he had a net in front and he was taping his swing and he took a great big rip at it, came up with his finish. He hammered the motor that opens and closes the uh, remote control driver or the, dri- the garage door and destroyed it and he sent out the picture of it, which I thought was great and there was only one word on his, uh, on his uh, Twitter post, hashtag idiot.
1: That was all he said. (laughs)
2: So so you gotta check out your swing range before you do these kind of things. It's like James Duffy has one in his basement and he realized when he put the net in, the only thing he can swing is a wedge, apparently. So, anyway. (laughs) Adam, the tea is yours.
3: Yeah, well, I I had the coffee. I gotta activate the calves and I gotta step on one here. (laughs) Come on, baby. That's what I'm gonna do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. oh boy boy. i'm excited to hit some bombs this year i'll tell you that boys anyway my three dub this week my winner uh so the european tour they've posted some great videos i've spoken at length about them you know whether you have the junior reporter or the anger management course they did the other uh about a month or so ago but they published a video that came out earlier this week it was rory mcelroy and justin thomas both trying to get a hole in one so they both had 50 shots it's 148 yards. And a couple different things, so they they had wedges and nine irons going back and forth. Justin Thomas said he'd lost count of how many hole-in-ones he had. I mean, what? Like, how was that that possible? He'd lost count of how many he had. Anyway, so they went back and forth. JT threatened to throw a club once, didn't. Eventually, he gave a good little boomerang on one. Uh, McElroy and JT both came very close a number of times. But first of all, uh, Mark, how many hole-in ones do you have? I have um, two,
1: two real ones and a COVID <laughs> Ace.
0: Oh,
2: right. Oh, yeah, that's right. I've
1: got my COVID Ace where if, if we didn't have a lid on the cup, I would have had my third last year.
2: Bob, you? Uh, I've got so many I can't remember, to be perfectly honest <laughs> with you. No, I've got, uh, I've got three real ones, like Mark, and I have one, uh, one uh, hole-in three.
1: Oh, hit it dude. in the water routine
2: made a par yeah
1: really yeah. oh my <laughs> god i didn't know that at weston
2: no at a place in uh, upper canada golf course up okay. uh, near cornwall yeah.
3: that's that's amazing i i have two but i mean to, to lose count I, this was an awesome video i would go check out it's all over twitter you see both, you know, they're both having a blast. JT's asking his dad for swing advice because he could, he was airmailing the green <laughs> at times too. It's, it's just a great video. Uh, my weird's picking up on Bob's point. So Matthew Wolf, let's call his first round an adventure. His front nine, which was the back nine, would be a pretty good poker hand maybe. Uh, his front nine, during his first seven holes, he had a three, a four, a five, a six, a seven, and an eight. And he's a professional golfer. Two bogeys, two doubles, and a quad in the first seven holes. The, the thing that was even crazier, he went birdie-birdie on eight and nine, or 17 and 18, what he was playing, to shoot 44. Like, I've done that before. But, I mean, Matthew Wolfe was having just a strange time. Apparently, he's got some issues with blisters on his hands or something. And then it got even weirder. Uh, on his second nine, he was taking a practice stroke uh, yeah, on I, the green. I mean, and he hit seven. the ball. Yeah, but that didn't quality. count, obviously, because there was no intent. Mark, this was just a strange day. Oh, well, it's bizarre. But if I took forty-four wax, I'd have blisters too. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. And my what this week? Yes. Yeah, so last week on you program, we were talking about you know the greatest golf movies of all time, mm-hmm. and you know Caddyshack, Tin Cup, Happy Gilmore, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, Adam Sandler and Chris- Christopher McDonald or Shooter McGavin. We were doing an interview, and they were asked by Dan Patrick all about Happy Gilmore 2, if that was ever in the works. And they, were both, they both said no, but they'd be so into the idea. And what I'm saying is, boys, don't even think about it. Happy Gilmore is a classic. We've seen some others. You know, Anchorman 2 was just abysmal. Goon 2 sucked. Caddyshack 2 is meh. Happy Gilmore two, 2 might be the worst movie yeah. ever made. Yeah, but, like, they're talking about the senior tour, Happy Gilmore. No, please, no. boys, just put the brakes on that. Happy Gilmore is a classic. We'll leave it at that. I'm with you, Adam. I'm with you on that one. And C.
1: Caddyshack, too, a perfect example, like you mentioned. And uh, I got one huge problem uh, today after hearing all of our three dubs. Is like you get a check for withdrawing. I'm sorry, UWD from a WGC. You shouldn't get a check, and you certainly shouldn't pass Jack Nicholas. That is just. <laughs> Sign <gone>. me up. <laughs> all right, boys. On the other side, we'll get you caught up on leaderboards in the world of golf and we'll get you caught up on all things Golf Talk Canada. This is GTC.
0: This segment of GTC, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise.
1: Let's get you caught up on leaderboards in the world of golf, brought to you by Bushnell, the number one range finder in all of golf. LPGA Tour, Annika Sorenstam makes the cut there at Lake Nona in Orlando, but it's Lydia Ko with the lead. That's good for a one-shot lead over Nellie Korda. Brooke Henderson, low Canadian at the moment. She's one under already early in her third round at five under par. Opposite tour event, Puerto Rico open for the players who still like to play golf but didn't qualify for the WGC. Brandon Wu, your leader, at 11 under par, good for a one shot lead over Bob's favorite lefty, Greg Chalmers, as they head into the weekend in Puerto Rico. Guard Classic, well, we'll be maybe spending a little bit more attention this weekend than normal on the Champions Tour, and it's got nothing to do with Phil Mickelson going for an historic three in a row. It's got to do with Mike Weir. Weirzy, 66 to open up his championship. That's good for a one-shot lead over Scott Verplank at 6-under par. Mickelson will start the day four back looking to go low on the Champions Tour, and Brooks Kepka, he is in that final group with Cameron Smith 155 ET, the lead twosome goes off, 11 under par for Kepka. 10 under par for Smith, Horschel, Morikawa, also at 10, Fino right back in the mix, don't forget Patrick Reed at 8 under par, and Adam, TSN and CTV have the coverage this afternoon, do we not?
3: Yeah, 2.30 on TSN 4, you can catch, 2.30 Eastern on TSN 4, you can catch third round coverage of the WGC at the concession, it should be fun to watch. And if
1: you don't like the boring TV call or it sounds a little bit like cricket to you, you can always tune into PGA Tour Radio and watch the images. We have a lot of people that do that because you can understand the announcers and we tend to get a little excited. Okay, Bob. (laughs) uh, This is our last Saturday morning. Yeah. Um, Now, for me, 11 years, I think you've got me by a few.
2: (laughs) Well, I did it on a different station for 19 years, and I think, I think this is year five,
1: maybe four, five, maybe, yeah, maybe six. I think okay. closer to six. Yeah.
2: Anyway, it, uh, it'll be weird to have Saturday mornings free. I mean, it's been great doing talking golf Saturday mornings and it's going to feel like kind of weird not to wake up, but it's also going to feel great to be able to enter some of the competitions at my golf course, which I've yep. never been able to enter. So, uh, there are some benefits, but I'm looking forward to Monday. I think Monday is going to be a great time slot. We're going to have lots of recap. Uh, from the tournaments that wa- that uh, that happened over the weekend, perhaps some winners on, some new guests. So it's going to be a lot of fun to work on Mondays.
1: I'm with you, Bob, from a content and editorial position. I think it's a big win. Uh, I'm with you, too. I haven't played Saturday uh, golf at my club in forever and a day. Uh, I'm not a great sleeper, so I'll be up. It's not like I won't be sleeping in, but I do get, in a way, we get our Friday nights back because even though I can't sleep, at all i still try to behave myself on friday night and i say to mrs golf talk canada uh it's friday night can we move that dinner to saturday night just you know just in case i have one too many brunello (laughs) (laughs) and i'm feeling a little foggy so i don't have to worry about that anymore i can let the red wine rip
3: adam there you go there you go let the red red wine Red wine rip. That's a tough one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like you were ripping the red wine (laughs) last (laughs) night. So I've been doing this with you guys Saturday morning since, I believe, October of 2017. So it'll be a a bit of an adjustment as well. But, uh, you know, Bob, like you said, looking forward to playing in the Saturday morning group. Uh, at Bayview or whether the you know we go out and play at some point and and hit some bombs out there and some low hot runners but uh, it's been a lot of fun doing the show on Saturday mornings like you guys said moving to Mondays is going to be uh, a great a great slot for us yeah
2: one thing sad we do have to say is that we're we're gonna miss our guy Ben he's been uh, he's been our operator for all these years and now he's we're gonna leave him all by himself I don't know how he's gonna survive in there but
0: Ben, ben oh, are you
1: gonna be okay on a knows. Saturday morning without us? I'll
0: certainly try my best. I'll certainly try my best. <laughs> if there's any, if there's any positive note to it, it's I'll be out of here earlier in the afternoon. So that's something. But and at the now, same time, with, I would like to no be there With no live radio, guys,
1: with no live radio before uh, 10 a.m., can't you just pre- press play and go back to sleep? That's, isn't that how it works? <laughs> that's
0: what he does oh, for this man, show be, anyway, doesn't he? That'd be, I'd be playing. I'd be. You're not wrong there, Mark. Or, uh, <laughs> It'd be playing a dangerous game, but actually the show that comes on after you guys is moving into your time slot. So everything's basically just getting shifted earlier, ah, which isn't the the
1: worst thing in the world. There you go. All right. Um, A new thing also starting this uh, Monday, uh, Mr. Butcher. Uh, which uh, I know Bob and I have enjoyed a lot of the product over the summer for Mister Butcher, like his steaks, his seafood—it's incredible. Adam, you haven't gotten in on this yet. I'm going to get yet, you though. some Mister Butcher uh, food. Uh, Bob, I had
2: bur- you- I had burgers last night from Mister Butcher. They were there. You go.
1: They're amazing, aren't they? So they are. uh We're going to give away a hundred dollar gift card every Monday to Mister Butcher, starting on Mondays, and catch this one, boys. Mr. Butcher, for every one of our winners this year, their name's going to go into a draw. And at the end of the summer, we're going to draw an end-of-summer Mr. Butcher barbecue bash. I mean, they're going to come out and do steaks, oysters, sandbaggers going to get involved. And they're going to do a backyard bash for up to 10 people, end-of-summer backyard bash, Assuming wow. we're in a better spot, COVID-wise, we're all working off the assumption that we'll be able to do that, obviously, in August. And uh, you're Maybe we do this on Monday. Maybe we have a barbecue on a Monday morning. We bring the show out to the <laughs> weather and do and jump in. Maybe we got to get in on this somehow. You know,
0: this, this
2: is a twenty good weeks idea. of Mr. Butcher. <laughs> uh,
1: it's funny you bring that up Bob, because twenty weeks of TaylorMade, we are launching it Masters Week. So 20 weeks of TaylorMade, it is bigger, it is better than ever. We're giving away over 20 grand in 20 weeks wow. of all the 2021 product of TaylorMade. Of course the big crescendo is that uh, grand prize which is the custom fit through the bag. And we are going to tweak how you win this year. There's going to be more ways to win. That news coming up at the end of March uh, as we circle back with our friends at TaylorMade and we'll get that to you. So there's going to be more ways to win. And we'll keep you up to date on that, but I can't wait for that. That's coming up momentarily. And and this afternoon, you can watch golf. What are we looking for here in the WGC? Just a few minutes left. I know you guys, we did start them, sit them, but I don't expect this golf course to play as easy as it did yesterday. I expect it to still play a little easier than Thursday because I think there's a bit of a learning curve going on Thursday. This is a golf course where, you know, nobody's really seen it. I don't think we're going to see 64s out there today, but I see a day of, of, of some movement, 80 degrees and sunny. Bob, let's start with you. What do you see? You see birdies uh, closer to Friday or closer to Thursday here? Uh,
2: I think it's going to be there's going to be a plethora of birdies. I think these guys can learn these courses pretty quick, and I think the you know they get more comfortable every time they get out here in tournament conditions. So I think they'll be. I think you're going to see some lower scores today. Maybe not a whole bunch to 64s, but. You know, sixty six is sixty seven. So uh, I think you're going to have to keep up today,
1: Adam. What do you say? You think uh, more of a more of a sprint or uh, a little bit more pacing like Thursday?
3: I, I think it might be sort of somewhere in between Thursday and Friday. But one storyline I'm really looking forward to is. Some of the guys who were awful on Thursday and played really well yesterday, Bryson DeChambeau and Justin Thomas. I'm really curious what these guys can do. DeChambeau looked like a different human being yesterday, and Justin Thomas had birdies late in his round on Thursday. It was really good again yesterday. Let's see what they can do on the weekend.
1: Speaking of getting things, uh, you know, learning a golf course, just an interesting note, uh, Kepka came in very late on Tuesday and only saw nine holes, only saw the front nine of the golf course on Wednesday. So when he teed off, on the uh, back nine on Thursday morning to start his championship. That was the first time he saw that nine. Shot one under par, when, uh, came home in 32. So to Bob's point, not a lot of learning a lot sometimes with these guys. It's more, I always find it's more greens. Learning the greens, getting some knowledge on the green complexes. But to green, what's my number, aim, shoot. These guys are just so good right now. Kepka 11 want... under. Sorry, Bob? It...
2: I was just say, if you want a microcosm of what's, what might happen today, Mackenzie Hughes is offering it up in his first two holes. Birdie, double. There you go. There
1: you go. There you go. There you go. Birdies everywhere, but trouble every, everywhere if you get off the beaten path. And he's the only Canadian in this World Golf Championship as well, so congratulations for Mackenzie Hughes. And I think Mackenzie Hughes coming into a bit of a stretch of the schedule where he might uh, be able to find some form. He played so well last year on the Florida Swing, came close at Honda. Going to be interesting to watch. Mackenzie Hughes throughout the Florida Swing. That does it for us. We say goodbye to Saturday mornings. We say hello to Monday mornings, 10 to 12 a.m., TSN 1050, iHeartRadio, TSN.ca, 10 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern starting this Monday with a repeat 7 to 9 p.m. Monday nights following overdrive, and Golf Talk Canada is back Wednesday, March 10th to preview the Players' Championship across the TSN television network. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. More announcements, more coming this Monday. Guys, have a great weekend. Ben, thank you for everything. That'll do it. We'll be back Monday. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course always starts in the
3: closet. Woo!
0: This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21, and the all-new ZG21, lightweight with zero compromise. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.